You're listening to the Tennis.com podcast, and here's your host, Ed McGrogan. Hi, everyone. Welcome to 2013, the new year edition of the Tennis.com podcast. Hopefully, you listened to uh, yesterday's edition about the men. I'm back here with the same gentleman, Richard Pagliaro, Pete Bodo, Pete Wake Up, um, and uh, Steve Tigner, and myself, Ed McGrogan, here. Today, we're going to talk about the women. Mostly a look ahead to you know what this year brings for WTA um, after what we saw in 2012. Um, it was, I think, a very strong year for the WTA, as we'll get to in, in just a minute. Uh, but I want to start with a, a similar question to what I posed yesterday about the men's top tier on the ATP tour. It, there has been, I think, whispers at least, or little inklings of, you know, there's a big X number of players in WTA, big three perhaps, with Serena, Sharapova, and Azarenka. Um, I don't know if I would, I think it's a little bit of a stretch considering their, particularly Azarenka's history. She had a, you know, fantastic year, of course. But when you do look at how, you know, these three basically did take pretty much any, every term of consequence in 2012. And the question I'm going to ask is, like I did with the men, do you think any, any women besides these three will win a Grand Slam tournament in 2013? Steve Tegner. Well, I think these three obviously aren't as entrenched as the, the big four on the men's side. Uh, Serena, as great as she is, doesn't typically dominate from start to finish any season. She typically, you know, you might have an injury or or something go wrong. Um, and Azarenka, like you said, she's this is last year was really her first year of of being good from from start to start to finish. I think there, are, and I also I think there are other possibilities because there's two players, three players who won Grand Slams the year before, uh, Sam Stoser, Patrick Kvitova, and Lee Na, who obviously have shown that they can do that, and, and I think Kvitova in, in particular has the ability to beat pretty much anybody, um, and if she gets a decent draw, could easily win another Grand Slam. Um, and, and we saw little splashes of that from each player, nothing consistent, but periodically throughout it, throughout last year, we did see that, I think, from every one of those. Also, three. Lee Na has a new coach in Carlos Rodriguez at least midway through last year and she showed some, some progress under him so that's she'll always be inconsistent but she can certainly play with anyone Richard maybe of those th- of those three or perhaps someone else that we haven't mentioned Rodwanska for example you know is there someone among that group who seems most likely to win or just to go back to the original question do you think this is a really top heavy tour at the moment God, it's a tough one because uh, I think Serena. This is like the tenth anniversary of the Serena Slam. I think she could do that again. She's got the U.S. If she came out of the box quick in Australia, I, I know she lost first round to Rosano at the French, but God, she had a great clay season leading up to the French. So I think if Serena's fit and focused, and we got the news today with the big toe surgeries that she's procedure that she had. You mean we I, got that news two weeks ago? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so anyway, I, I think she she can dominate, but like Steve said, you know, you, you know she's not going to play as, as extensively as the other players, but I, I think if that's in her mind, that that's what she wants to do, she can do it. Now, having said that, of, of the other non-top three players, I really like Kvitova's game, and I think that the illness and injury, and also the pressure kind of got to her a little bit. She hasn't, she didn't do great the first part of the year in the United States after the the Aussie semis but I think game wise the game is there she's still young she's 22 what going to be 23 so she should be entering her prime and I think if she gets in shape and and just relaxes and let let her game flow I mean she just looked a little tense and uptight to me in some matches but 
I think game wise, she she can definitely do it. Could have had a, a strong ending to uh, the year of the Fed Cup again. Um, I actually did pick Kvitova to to win the Australian Open in the in the magazine here. I um, so I I do think you know from my own perspective that it, it seemed I think there are a lot of uh, and certainly this top three of player as good as they did they are sort of still prone I think to one of those early round shockers that we don't usually see on the men's side until Nadal of course did just that at Wimbledon but like you mentioned the Rosanna loss I, I think Kvitova is a strong case to, to make for that um, P why don't you kind of follow up with your thoughts really on the, this top three and where they go from here well you know there's a reason they call it a sophomore slump and that's what I think of Kvitova it is in a way I think a make it or break a year for her I mean either I mean you know all right, nothing's written in stone but generally speaking I think you can say look if she doesn't have a big year this year then maybe she's just another good big left-handed player who's going to pop up now and then and do something or not on the other hand if she pulls it together if she gets over this you know this this sort of you know learns to breathe breathe freely again and 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 go for her shots she could be up for a big year she could win two or even three slams i think uh the the woman i think who's in the most interesting position i think is azarenka because you know you know serena is always going to be a factor you don't know what's going to happen with her she could have injury issues she could have you know she, she she's also getting a little bit older you know um and, and so you know Granted, she could go out and win all four majors, no question about that. On the other hand, Azarenka's also, she's young enough, she hits the ball hard enough, she's got the kind of game that, you know, barring someone like a Serena stepping up and becoming a roadblock for her, she could dominate the game. And she and she did for three months of 2012, didn't lose, practically didn't lose a match until the end of Miami. And, yeah. you know, such an impressive start to that year. And then I thought what was even more, what was not even more time, but was good to see was that, by the end of the year, she did seem to regain that focus a lot, and um, at the U.S. Open, nearly won that, beating almost beating Serena in the final. You know, as is so often the case, the question is: Is she sitting here during the holidays, thinking, "Man, I've got it made. I'm making tons of money. I'm number one in the world. Life is good. Let me just go out there and see what happens." Or is she thinking, "You know what? I'm going to take this game by the throat and hold on to it for a couple of years." That's all. If she if she's feeling that way, I think she's capable of doing it. Yeah, because it does seem like she does have the you know the, the mix of. Um, you know, great backhand too, which is such a big thing in this. And um, I think improved serve, certainly nothing that is going to uh, be her calling card, but I think something that is a little bit more reliable than Sharapova, perhaps, if we're going to just nitpick this top tier here. Steve, maybe I'll end with you on a player you've really talked about frequently is, is Rodwanska. We have Evie mentioned practically here in this. Um, you know, her at number four making the Wimbledon final and making a lot more of that Wimbledon final than I think we thought after uh, the first set of that. Um, what about her in 2013? Yeah, you don't think of her naturally as the person who's going to break through and win a slam because she she can always be overpowered. Um, and she was for, you know, she almost beat Serena. I guess that's the surprising thing is, is it's hard to count her out for anything as, because of how far she's risen. I never would have thought she would end up she would get to number two and almost number one in the world. Yeah, I think you've mentioned her ceiling a few times. And yeah. keeps, so she keeps, keeps rising, rising just I still incrementally. Don't, don't see her. She wouldn't be my first choice to somebody who's going to break through as for the Grand Slam as much as I'd like to watch her play. I still think maybe Kvitova is the is the better option there. She, and just one last thing about her is her fitness. She's been criticized about it 
Kvitova in the past. Not that she's in terrible shape, but Mark Navratilova has criticized her. I feel like the players that really uh, live up to their potential suddenly, maybe a little later, like Djokovic and Azarenka, it's because they've gotten in much better shape at a certain point. Gives them mental confidence as well. I don't know if that's something to look for for, for Kvitova um, in the future. Well, it's appropriate that you say that after a uh, heavy carb few weeks here, the, uh, of course. So <laughs> very apt. Um, topic number two, and I think a topic equally as important um, about WT. I said that this was a nice year this past year. I think just plain and simply, WTA was a better product, better to watch, more compelling. I think you had the big names coming and really kind of establishing some order. You had sort of little surges from a few players. Um, I just think in general there's a lot more momentum and a lot more discussion about um, women's tennis than there has been the past few years. And what I wonder about for the WTA is really what's the key to keeping that going? I think I think we can all say that that would be a, a good thing to have happen. You you know is it more a thing of Azarenka, Sharapova, Serena kind of continuing to establish themselves as that assertive top three? Is it kind of getting the second tier to become a more reliable group and you have really a, a more um, you know a number of different battles within the top ten or or do they? You know, need to continue to kind of just find something really new and exciting because I think that's kind of way what Azarenka was. She was a known quantity coming into last year, but I think what she did was a total surprise to me, getting off on that winning streak and then really just becoming that a true number one that I think no one is really contending anymore. Um, Richard, I think, what are your thoughts really for the WTA going forward? It's a good question and a broad one. I think when you have the star power of a Serena and Sharapova, these are two athletes. You go to any major city in the world and people know who they are, so you cannot underestimate, you know, Sharapova completing the career Grand Slam. Serena, what? She won 30 of her last 31 or 31 of her last 32 and just almost obliterated people during that uh that summer surge so so i think that's huge when you have the in the history that they have not only between each other but just what they've done in the game i mean that they command attention whether you root for them or not that's undeniable and the ratings go up and ticket sales and, and such but i think you're right on with with azarenka and if you get a kvitova in there or Rodwanska, i think to me if i'm stacy alster what i'm happy about is the abundance of of narratives going into 2013 where you have you know, a player like Arani and Vinci, you know, getting to the top of doubles, going deep in, in majors. And then you have something like, look at all the lefties we're seeing now with Kvitova, Kerber, Laura Robson, you know, someone like Safarova had a nice run there. And then you have the, the sort of comeback stories is Ivanovic, a former Grand Slam champion. Can she push back into the top 10? Can Wozniacki sort of reestablish herself? So I think there's a lot of really compelling uh, narratives and storylines, and I think that's great for the depth of the game and the interest sort of globally. Someone like uh, Parankova, you know, a country like that, having somebody to really stand up and support. It's, it's great. You make a couple um, interesting points. I think the one that I take one I take away is we always have to remember, I think, about the name recognition of the players in general in tennis. And I think I think most people would probably know Serena Williams and Maria Sharapova higher than Rafael Nadal and Roger Federer. If you ask the typical person, 
about, and you can kind of bring Wozniak even to discussion as well with her thing with McElroy. I think the women's do have that attraction, um, and I think there's always that to kind of capitalize on, and we can see where it goes with that. To speak to kind of the depth of the tour and all the stories, um, it's going to be a hard sell to get to sell tickets for Parankova to somewhere else. But I, I do get what you're saying. But I think I do think that was a lot of what we were seeing a little bit before 2012. And I think I think this I think what's happened I think is we're getting some more definitive, clear narratives, like you're saying, going forward. Steve, maybe I'll. Uh, give you a chance to respond to that original, I think the big, original question you know the big thing for this year was serena because she's everyone has pretty much agreed that she's been the best player of the last 10 years but she hasn't she hasn't dominated and and sort of given the tour a sort of sense of order that she was number one even though she didn't finish number one everybody she was the player of the year and as far as as far as um star power and casual fans especially in the united states serena is the was the real biggest reason why this was you know uh, why the profile of the WTA was higher this year and wh why we say it, it was a better year for the WTA so her continuing is I think the biggest point you obviously Azarenka a young player not crumbling under being number one that was big and Maria glamorous you know famous player really um, coming back those were big I think Serena continue you know as far as as far as the um, popularity of the women's tour Serena makes a, such a huge Difference. She just makes the needle move, basically, yeah. on it. Right. I think she's, you know, that's that's the key. P, what about you? Well, I think what they ought to do is start the year with a million-dollar winner-take-all match between Caroline Wozniacki and Serena Williams. <laughs> so Serena can go out there and, and whip that girl <laughs> behind and get some welts going on that because of that trick she pulled down in that <laughs> exhibition, making fun of Serena that way. But, you know, I mean, I think that's absolutely true about Serena being no one to move the, the needle. I'm not as sanguine about the WTA as, as, as the rest of you appear to be. You know, I think it's, you know, it's kind of disordered. Nobody really runs the show. Sharapova gets a career grand slam, but then half the matches you watch, she double faults, you know, 17 times. It's, you know, I, I don't think that's such a great deal. I think the women really need consistency, which Azarenka did provide at least for half the year last year, which I think was a very good thing. And they need rivalry. They need those people meeting in finals time and again. Now, Serena hasn't been able to provide that for a variety of reasons, you know, uh, owning mostly to not having played quite as much as before. But, you know, you, you look, you, you need those two things. You need to build up those matches and you need people to talk about this stuff. Look, I don't care anybody. I, I, I don't think anybody cares about Caroline Wozniak. I really don't. And I don't think anybody cares about Agnieszka Redwanska. As I love watching Redwanska play. I don't really love watching Wozniak play, but she's a very good player. She's a top five, top ten type player. But that's not going to sell you a lot of tickets. I think they really need to get a much greater sense of structure and hierarchy. And all you got to do is compare them to the men. You look at the men and you say, who do you got there? People, even people who are just casual fans know you got. They take off Federer, Nadal, big guys, Djokovic, Murray, and then Sanger. You know, they know these people are in a mix. You get to the women, what do they talk about? Serena, you know, and Sharapova, and that's mainly because of Pova's looks and all that stuff. So you got Serena, you got Sharapova, Azarenka a little bit, and that's it. No, yeah, the ri the rivalry thing is is a good is a, a good point there, especially because I I think people even you know I think general sports fans even know a lot about really the in, the the basics of the rivalries of the top men going on here. I don't even think you could clearly define what is the top rivalry on on the WT at the at the present very present time. It, it does there isn't we haven't seen 
not that we've seen that on very often period if ever I can't remember but you're not going to see the the same Grand Slam final four times in a row on the women's side like we just did in the ATP and, and and that was coming off the heels of Federer and Nadal at its absolute apex there so it's um the rivalry is you know you can have the players like you said you can have them kind of build up like that but I think the rivalry element is a big portion of that there one thing one question I have is how much does the grunting shrieking Hurt the WTA? Does it? Does this it is matter? the t- this is the topic I was trying to figure out to does add it, to this. Does it matter? Yes. Because two of the top three are the most famous shriekers. Do, do is it hurt the WTA with casual fans? Does it not matter? I don't. I'm used to it and I don't mind it, but I could also live without it. I just wonder whether, you know, they've they've deferred the WTA has deferred it for the future, so it will continue. Does that? Does anybody think that that's going to hurt the WTA? It's gotten a, it, it's gotten a lot more. It's gotten a lot more discussion than a typical topic that you think would flutter away after a while. That's for sure. Um, And I don't think it can help. I I don't. I certainly don't think it helps matters. I mean, it was. It existed this year, and pretty much everyone says um, that this year was a was a good year for the WTAs. But I don't know whether it's it's something we're just going to forget or or continue to be a big issue. I don't think it really hurts them. Look, somebody flipping around at dials gets in there and they see these two women going, ah, and they're screaming like, I just, I don't think people are into it. I think people look at that and say, what, well, you know, like, what's up with this? That's literally what I think. And they just keep going on and go look at something else because it is bizarre. It's really bizarre to hear these women screaming in the middle of what other athletic contest do you hear people screaming in the middle of? It's crazy. And you do see, you know, this is like a sports center thing where they always play that up. And it's it, so you're comparing it to really other sports as well. And I haven't just besides tennis. And, uh, and, and I guess for tennis being, I think, unquestionably unless you want to count the Olympics uh, as the preeminent women's sport in general, that, you know, I think is a hindrance on it, you know, for lack of a better word there. Um, the last point, uh, even though I think that was a nice topic to, to end on there, actually. But uh, let's kind of conclude with some players who have uh, disappointed. And uh, and there's been a, a great number of these in recent years. Uh, I was... Uh, perusing the rankings today, looking some stuff up for this. I saw that Vera Zvonareva is down in the 90s. Uh, I know she had injuries, but this is a player who a couple years ago was two-time Grand Slam finalist. Uh, you know, other There's a lot of injury-related things going on, of course. Venus is one of them. But you do have other instances. Um, you know, Wozniacki, of course, goes from number one to looking you know, completely anything but. Um, Ivanovic, Yankovic players who I think the tour was kind of banking on as very cornerstones for a while, really kind of just um, getting kind of marginalized and really kind of getting in that just order of, uh, of disorder really on the tour. Um, are there any you know players who 2013 might be a year to kind of get back where they belong, shall we say? A little bit of a resurgence. I think of, um, I think of Wozniacki for that. She you know, she really wasn't a number one caliber player, at least at the Grand Slams, and now she's down to 10. That's more, I think the pressure will be off her. I think she got a lot of extra attention, um, which she actually seems to like, but I think the pressure of trying to be the number one player, which she really wasn't, um, I think maybe being number 10 and working her way back up, sort of a scrappy player, working her way up from there, will, you know, I think that's a a good chance for her. She also ended the year 
you know, pretty strong note, winning a couple of tournaments. But maybe now that people don't expect her to win Grand Slams, she can she can play a little better. It's funny that we even talk about. I mean, we were looking at before. A lot of people, in a way, would consider players who are even in the top ten now as disappointments. In a way, considering I think the potential they they have shown in prior years. And you talk about that group of three Grand Slam winners before uh, Lee Kvitova and Stozer there. I think Stozer, I think as you said before, is kind of the best example of that. She's, you know, you watch some of the rallies and the points and the matches she plays. It's it's a wonder that she's not even just winning more, almost dominating with the kind of you know ability that she has there. I, I kind of looked down the rankings of some other players too. You know, Lizicki's a good example. Pete recently wrote about uh, her there. Another, you know, this is of course another injury-related situation. Um, but there, there are a lot of players who I think uh, have really kind of fallen off the wagon pretty hard, uh, you know, going in, in past years and could use this year as a big step up. Um, anybody in particular for you, Richard? Um, maybe, you know, we talked, we talked about the Serbians, for example. Um, and Ivanovic, you know, that was a player who, you know, of course, Grand Slam champion and a finalist on a hardcore, too, in Australia. And, you know, we, we've seen a little surges from her, but nothing that would signal that she's ready to stay in the top five for good. Yeah, I think the problem is she doesn't match up with those top three to five elite. Well, although she's on the fringe of the top ten right now. I mean, you could make a case she comes into Australia, has a good first two months. She could she could crack the top 10 there's no doubt about it just every time you feel like she's about to take that breakthrough step something happens like she plays Azarenka Wimbledon and gets destroyed I mean not even really competitive in the match so I mean I like what she brings to the table as far as her game but she has to play because she plays flat and because she's not as quick as some of the other players she has to really play a first strike aggressive attacking kind of game and when she's not confident or when she's nervous or when her serves going off that kind of all dissolves for her so i i, I mean i wouldn't i think she the top 10 is definitely realistic she could do it i just don't think you're going to see her get back to you know the top of the game but you know it depends on on, on what scale we're using because someone like petrova to me had a really good bounce back year this year and she's not in the top 10 but she she had some good results you look at Schiavone in 2010 I mean I think the game is maybe skewing a little bit older so it's not out of the realm of possibility to see players bounce back later on and to me Serena at 30-31 she's got four or five good years ahead of her I think you know? two two young players who um, could maybe take maybe make some uh, other players kind of relinquish some of their spots at the top there um, and I saw these two at the U.S. Open very clearly because, they, you know, we were there and they both did well. Is Sloane Stephens and Laura Robson. And, and you know, Robson, you have that lefty, huge forehand game, which is, you know, that's going to win no matter where we're talking about, everything like that. Um, you know, that was that was a kind of an eye-opening performance for her. I think she's been discussed for certainly in tennis circles for some time, and I think there is uh, there's some validity to that. And Sloane Stevens, I don't think is, uh, you know, is kind of the the answer to, you know, the USCA's, you know, what's gonna, how are we gonna replace the Williams sister, or whatever. She certainly has the game too, and is and did, you know, exceptionally well for her age too. There, um, I'll let you guys kind of finish up this topic about, you know, maybe some of the new sites for um, for WTA. Well, she's pretty. I like Sloane Stevens because she's kind of crafty and she's very cool. 
you know, she doesn't really get flustered out there. She doesn't. She really takes things as they come. I think she's got a very, very good level temperament for the game, plus a good game. So I, I think she'll do well. Robson, I think also, as you say, big lefty. You know, she's left-handed, big serve. She's, she's going to do pretty well. The two women, to me, to get a little bit off the young player topic that are really disappointing her or Yankovic because <coughs> I think Yelena Yankovic is a fantastic player. I right, grant the second serve is not that strong. Her return isn't the greatest, but her ability to retrieve, to cover ground. I mean, talk about an Irani, you talk about Wozniak, you talk about these retrievers. Yankovic does it all. She's got a really, really smooth game. I love that. I love that game. I can't believe she's ranked as lowly as she does. And Kuznetsova, two-time Grand Slam champion, I don't even know where she is anymore. She's down in the 30s or 40s, maybe the 50s. And you know what? She's She's not that old. She's, I think, 26, maybe. She's, you know, she, granted, she's a roly-poly little thing. She's got to be, in, you know, in better shape, and, and, and she could do it. But And she's also got, I think, an interesting, good game. I'm, I'm stunned that she's fallen so far. And I guess, in her case, she is a little bit of a different character, a bit of an eccentric. It, it's just kind of a lack of interest. You think, I mean, you think Yankovic really, you know, besides that serve, maybe kind of has a total package for tennis. And, you, and you've seen her, I think, up close at Balateri's. I went when you've been down there too, you really know what this girl can bring and you know possibly even before she got to the u.s open final etc so anybody can bring a backhand down the line the way she does ought to have a great great chance in tennis and she's just it's the other stuff and it's it's all in her head now and volatile will tell you that it's all in her head whether it ever gets out of her head who knows Steve, uh, any final thoughts? Well, just to turn it on to you know, turn it around to two players who did well. It's um, Angelique Kerber and Sarah Arani, two surprising players in 2012. It almost makes it seem like, as with the men, defense is is a bigger deal now with the women. It's sort of the year of the retriever. Wadwanska also had her best year. It seems like those power hitters we talk about, Pavlyuchenkova, Lisicki, they they are not turning out to be as consistent as we want, but the but the defensive players, this may be, you know, maybe that's a, a little bit of a trend for the future. They had much better years this year, so we'll see. It'll be interesting to see what, to me, most interesting to see um, how Kerber follows up her, her year last year because she really came out of nowhere, but it's also, a fun, you know, a fun player to watch. Good stuff again, as I said before, and I am uh, sure we'll talk and write more about this in the next 365 days with you uh, gentlemen here. Thank you very much for listening. I'm Ed McGrogan for Richard Pagliaro, Pete Bodo, Steve Tegner. You've been enjoying Tennis.com's weekly podcast. Thanks for listening. For all the latest news and events, head over to Tennis.com.